London County Baptist Church has been around for about 210 years, right? Now, maybe not the building itself, but the uh, the church, definitely. I mean, people, Baptists uh, meeting together um, as under the banner of a church, um, 210 years. And when you think about it, all the different decisions that must have been made over that time, you know, ministers to call, um, buildings to build, uh, it's just so many different decisions to make in church and in the church's life. And I wonder how they were able to make the right ones. I'm sure they sometimes made some wrong decisions as well, but how did they try to make sure they were making the right decisions? And how do we make the right decisions now, today, in the life of the church? Or in our personal lives, how do we make sure we make the correct decisions? Well, we need good guidance. Because if you get bad guidance, it can probably ruin your life. Uh, maybe you heard about the man on TV this week uh, in the news who was told that he only had six months to live so under the doctor's guidance he quit his job and spent all of his money and now he's been told by the doctors actually we were wrong that was bad guidance um you're not going to die now that's pretty good news but of course he's broke now and i think he's thinking about suing the, the the doctors for that how do we get good guidance how do we make sure we make the right decisions in life well we're going to look at the bible for some answers to this question and we're continuing to look at the early church in the book of acts and in this passage we've got in Acts 16, it's one of the, the, the many examples where Paul and the others are clearly guided. And because they're obedient to God's guidance, it ends up coming to the point where they make the first European convert. It was a rich businesswoman called Lydia. See, who said rich women, um, <laughs> businesswomen were only a modern thing? So today, the title, really, the thing I want to look at is um, a guide to God's guidance. And when we get to grips with God's guidance, it means we're going to look at three things. The source of God's guidance, the shape of God's guidance, and thirdly, the point of God's guidance. Because you've got to ask yourself the question, well, why bother? You know, what is the point or the purpose of God's guidance? The first thing is the source of God's guidance. I wonder if you've ever been lost in the woods before. Um, I must admit, I have on a few occasions, um, and it's quite an experience. Um, at first, it can be quite fun and sort of adventurous but then it can be fairly scary because you everything looks similar you know you might be near the exit but you can't tell because all the trees pretty much look the same there's lots of different routes out of there that you could take it's really easy to get disorientated and in many ways life is like being in that forest where you try to find your way out and, and it's really difficult to know which is the right way because in many ways some look as just as good as others or some look just as bad as others but you have to make a choice how do we find God's route through the trees? Well, we need a map and we need a compass. Now, our first map is pretty straightforward. It's the Bible, right? It's the Holy Bible. Uh, now, the Psalm uh, 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And the words of this book, the words of the Bible, will help us navigate a world of dangerous choices. Now, I understand that... Um, you might think, oh, the Bible, like, why even bother with the Bible? What, that, that, that's not the sort of book I would want. But um, but would you agree that human beings do need some sort of map? They need some sort of um, map when it comes to moral choices. Because without one, you know, we're going to be in trouble. I mean, here's a newspaper story from 2006. A girl is to become Britain's youngest mother after becoming pregnant at 11. The girl smokes 20 cigarettes a day despite being eight months pregnant. She began smoking at 9 and started drinking tonic wine and vodka cocktails at 10. She claimed her cigarette habit was not harming the health of her unborn child, and she conceived age 11 when she lost her virginity to a boy of 15 on a drunken night out with friends. The 15-year-old has since been charged with rape by police 
and is due to appear again at Edinburgh Sheriff's Court on July the 10th. Her 34-year-old mother, who gave birth to her youngest child eight months ago, said she was proud of her daughter. She will be 12 years and eight months when she has the child next month. Now, these people aren't evil. You know, they're not like nasty people who woke up one day and said, I think we will do something morally incorrect. It's just life without a moral map can end up making some decisions which, you know, not very good decisions. You know, like smoking and stuff when you're having a baby. I mean, that's just one of the things from that um, account. You know, some people might say the Bible's a bit old-fashioned for saying, you know, don't sleep around, don't get drunk, you know, teach children, some sort of value system. But, you know, people do need direction in life. And I believe the Bible really does give us some fantastic directions. Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul, knew the Bible inside out. It informed them of how to behave and how to live. And the Bible really is like a map for us to walk by. But not just in moral choices. In fact, we really miss the point if we think the Bible is just about a moral framework. The most important way that it's a map is that the, 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 the Bible is a map of God's character to us. You know, people have all sorts of weird and crazy ideas about who God is. But the Bible gives us like the definitive picture. <coughs> and we don't only need a map, but we also need a compass. And the Holy Spirit is God's compass, if you want to call it that. Well, it is God. Uh, God the Holy Spirit is that compass. Um, it guides us into all truth. Because you see, the, the Holy Spirit um, in this passage is opening and closing doors with Paul. And it's the Holy Spirit that brings these words from this map, from the Bible. Sorry if I'm giving you too many images here. Um, of, of, of our hearts, you know, it brings these words alive in our hearts and helps us see the truth in, our, in, 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 in the words that we read. You know, in the forest of life, with all these dangerous roots, the question is, what have you got in your hands? Do you have your map? Do you have your compass? Some people get the idea that they can have one without the other. Uh, some think, you know, oh, just have the map, just have the Bible, that's all you need. You don't need the Holy Spirit, you know, guiding you through it. Um, you know, it doesn't have to affect your character, you don't have to have the fruits of the Holy Spirit, you just have to have biblical knowledge, but you know, that's no good. In the 1960s, there was a serial killer in Scotland called Bible John. He killed people while quoting the, uh, quoting the Bible. Now, clearly, this was a guy who hadn't quite got the point of what the Bible was teaching. So we're not only to read the Bible and, and to absorb it, but we want the Bibles to transform our lives through God's Holy Spirit. So you can't just have the map without the compass. But equally, you can't have the compass without the map. You know, people uh, can become Christians and yes, they pray and feel God's presence and that's wonderful. But then they, they don't bother with the Bible. So, you know, without consulting the map, they end up believing all sorts of false ideas. And, and some people like would find this a hard accusation because they'll say, don't say I don't bother with the Bible. You know, I, I know the Bible. I, I, I read the Bible a bit. Um, but the fact is they've, they've got, a, they've got a, a stereotype of the Bible in their heads and they're not actually taking time to look at some of the words in it to discover what it says. And it ends up being people can have all sorts of false ideas. Christians can have all sorts of false ideas, superstitious ideas, and political correctly, uh, politically correct, as I would say, ideas, or, or, or commonly sentimental ideas <coughs> of God. Excuse me. Can I encourage you to grasp hold of your compass and your map and I challenge you to take the Bible seriously. I'm challenging myself to do that because I really need to do that. I've, I've, I've got plenty of uh, sort of sentimental, superstitious type things sometimes in my head. But read it, learn about it, join a Bible study group or something like that. Make ch come to church a priority. 
to explore this book. But take the Holy Spirit seriously as well. And don't make your decisions based on gut reactions. And my question would be, do you actually take the time to pray about these decisions that you're making in, in life uh, through this uh, forest? Hold on tight to your map and your compass because they are the source of God's guidance. Secondly, the shape of God's guidance. You know, you'll make a discovery when you start taking the Bible seriously and when you're open to the Holy Spirit's leading. Um, you'll discover that God's way can be, well, pretty different to ours. God's guidance can end up taking us on routes that we might never have chosen ourselves. I mean, here we have Paul and his companions. They're on a journey where God keeps on changing the route. They thought they were going one way, but God decides to send them the other way and then a different way. You know, Have you ever noticed that in your life? That God takes you down unexpected routes. That he like he seems to like the scenic route. You know, when we let God guide, we can end up on routes we never have chosen ourselves. And this isn't a new thing. You know, Israelites, uh, the Israelites were leaving Egypt uh, to go to the promised land. But listen to this. It says this in Exodus 13, 17. God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. He takes them the long way around. I mean, imagine... You can imagine the Israelites saying, uh, God, um, I don't want to be in your way or anything, but uh, I think the promised land sort of like that way, and you're pointing us in this direction. Do you ever feel like that? Seriously, like I've said, that God is taking you on the scenic route, the, 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 the long way around. You know, there's things you pray for, there's goals you hope for, you wish you would move quicker. Well, listen to the reason why God took the Israelites the long way around. It says, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. God knew the territory. He knew what was ahead. And even more so, he knew the people. He knew what they would cope with. So if God doesn't lead you on the shortest path to your goal or whatever it is in your life, don't panic or resist. You know, there's a reason for that. Trust him to guide you on the right path because he knows the territory and he knows you. And he knows the sort of things that you will cope with. Don't expect to be 100% sure that you're going to go down the right path either. I mean, in verse 9, where you see Paul's vision, it's not a 100% guaranteed message from God. It's not even God in the vision. You know, it'd be pretty more, it would be a bit more easy to, to take if it was God turning up. But actually, it's, it's just this bloke. But in verse 10, it says they conclude that God had called them. So... You know, there must have been some debate, but they end up being obedient based on evidence that was not 100%. They step out in faith. And too many people are not serving God because they expect a 100% guarantee that this is the particular door to go through. I need to tell you that in the world of faith, you're going to need to trust God and step out. And God's guidance means following a route that's set out for us, which might be a different route and might not feel 100%. Because God going God's way, obviously, well, it takes faith. When we do it, when we do this, we're going to find new options that open up to us, things that we wouldn't have considered before. I mean, another example would be uh, in Matthew 1 with uh, Joseph when he finds out Mary is uh, pregnant. And he would have thought, basically, all right, I've got two options, right? I'm going to divorce her or I'm going to have a stone to death. Um, those are the two options pretty much open to him. And Joseph actually was going to do the first. It says he had it in mind to divorce her quietly. But God comes up with a third option. Stay with her. You know, this hadn't really occurred to Joseph. It, it might have seemed like the right thing to do to divorce her, but God had different plans. You know, when God's in the picture, it's like, actually, you can do something else. You can, you can stay with this woman. 
you love her, you can still be with her. You know, his guidance might lead us into paths we just didn't realize those options were actually open to us. And it's new options for the present, not just for the future. Sometimes we find ourselves praying, God, what do you want me to do next? But why don't you ask God, what do you want me to do now? You know, there's plenty of work for this this church and this church to do in this village and beyond. You know, we need your help. What does God want you to do now? But another point is that you really don't want to ask for guidance if you're just going to ignore it. In 2 Chronicles 18, uh, we look at King Jehoshaphat. What a great name. And um, he's approached by the king of Israel, King Ahab, um, who is a really nasty piece of work. And Ahab asks Jehoshaphat to join forces with him. So Jehoshaphat asks God's advice. He, you know, he consults the compass. Um, and it's a good idea. You know, then, then God give, gives his answer through a, a prophet. And the answer is actually no. You know, it was a good idea to consult God. But God's answer was no. So... Because he didn't like the answer, (laughs) what did he do? He just ignored it. And this led to the death of Ahab. Uh, It almost ruined Judah. Um, You know, it's no good seeking God's advice if you're just going to ignore it when it's given. Have you ever done this? Man, I've done this. You know, you want advice, so you ask lots of people and you go around, you go down the line asking the people until someone gives you the advice that you want to hear. Don't ask for guidance if you're not going to take it. And don't expect God to guide you on something today when you're still ignoring his guidance on what he told you yesterday. You know, imagine that God guides you clearly one day. Share your faith. Be more patient with others. Love, 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 love other people. Really love them, you know. But you ignore that. You put all that stuff on the back burner. And then you start asking new questions. Well, guide me in this or that. Well, what makes you think he's going to guide you today if you won't listen to his previous guidance? So we've looked at the source of God's guidance. And the shape of God's guidance is basically unlike maybe what we would choose because he can take us on routes we'd never have thought of finally we want to explore what is the point or the purpose of god's guidance it is easy to forget that god has not placed us on the earth for the good of our health you know jesus is on a mission to seek and save the lost and he continues on that mission today he he seeks to bring wholeness and a new life to all people in all places for the lost and lonely in London Coney, that rhymes, <laughs> and uh, the starving of the world, and especially all those that, who are without Christ. You know, that's what God's about. That's what he thinks about every day and every night. He's passionate about people. So when God guides, you've got to realize that it's with that great freedom project in mind that he's guiding you. You know, too often we think of God's guidance as advice that we can take or leave. It's a little bit like going to the travel agent. You know, you imagine yourself sitting in the travel agent and the travel agent says, well, I advise Mallorca, says the agent, you know. And, um, hmm, I discussed it with my wife and I thought, oh, yeah, all right, um, yeah, Mallorca, what you Yeah, okay, we'll go to Mallorca, let's go. And so we can end up seeing God as a celestial sort of travel agent of life. So God's like sitting there saying, well, you know, I advise you to engage in mission. Uh, you know, I engage you to, I encourage you to love me and, and, and truly love those around you. Share your faith and... <laughs> I take that as as an option, you know, and I'm, oh, yeah, sounds sounds nice. All right, I'll give it a go. That might bring me a bit of fulfillment. Yeah, okay. You've got a deal. God is not our travel agent. He is our king. And his guidance, well, he's not going to force it on us. His guidance isn't about our purposes. It's about his guidance. It's about his, his, his purpose. It's about his project, his freedom project. So when he says walk in this path, 
how we feel about it, well, to be honest, that's just secondary. You know, we've seen this in Acts when Paul and the others are obeying God, even when it's hard. We see Philip guided by God, um, and you know, yeah, the apostle uh, with Philip guided by God to leave a popular preaching um, career. He goes to a dusty road where he ends up meeting an Ethiopian. Following God's guidance can actually sometimes seem like a demotion. You know, you have to take a step down. When you're guided by God, don't expect to be constantly upwardly mobile. And as a pastor, I've got to remind myself that I'm not doing this because it sounds like a good idea. You know, yeah, being a minister will use my gifts well and um, it might work for me and bring me true fulfillment. You know, man, I can easily get, I do, this This is true of me. <coughs> I can end up just getting too focused on myself and what, what I sort of get out of it. But look, God has called me and I have to be obedient to him, even if it was something I dreaded and I hated. If God called me, I hope I would obey because he's my king. If it's about his purposes, then I've got to see not well, not my will, but your will. Just recently, uh, me and Joy were in Brighton and we were watching the uh, new missionaries at the Baptist Assembly lining up to serve God in, in, in very dangerous parts of the world. And I bet that they'll be scared and freaked out. And if it were up to them on their own, they might choose something else. But they understand what Galatians 2.20 says. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. If God is guiding you in something today, take his route and be obedient, even if it's a tough and thankless task, because your your labor in the Lord is not in vain, it says in Corinthians. When it comes to God's guidance, watch out that you don't make what you want the be-all and end-all, because God is not our travel agent, he's our king. His guidance is about his purposes and not ours. You know, Paul found that putting God's purposes as number one actually led to a life of great joy um, with a sure hope, even even when life ends. You know, it was him, after all, who said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So there we have it. A little guide to God's guidance, something that will help us, uh, hopefully, in the years ahead as we have to make all sorts of different decisions. The source of God's guidance Study your map, the Bible, and rely on your compass, the Holy Spirit. The shape of God's guidance. Be aware that God will guide you in ways you might not have expected. And the point of God's guidance. Always remember that God's guidance is about his purposes and not yours.